welcome to Beampod. Last week, after our episode in which we discussed the merits or lack of, depending on your point of view of whatever is wrong with you, from the album The Hard Shoulder, which is Disc 2 of Happiness is the Road, too much information. After we did that, uh, we got lucid, didn't we? <laughs> we got lucid. <laughs> <laughs> You've been Lucy. So here's what happens, you see, is when Lucy disagrees with us, she leaves a comment uh, on our latest episode on Facebook. And then loads of people come on to say they agree with Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucy told us we were wrong, categorically wrong about whatever is wrong with you. Okay. That's yeah. fair enough. <laughs> Have you changed your mind because of that? No. Have you changed your mind? I've got stuff to say about it that, um, but we, we'll get there because this week, in, in case you're not aware, we are finally covering the individual tracks on oh, Volume Two. Hallelujah! So uh, it's been a long time coming because we needed a bit of a break after the emotionally draining Volume One, uh, and we're we've sort of been treating this as a as a separate album, but as we kind of realized last week is that you can't entirely treat them as separate albums because they are intertwined in that they came out at the same time they were were effectively at the time reviewed as a sing, single album or a double album rather you know people weren't treating them as entirely different things and i think one you know had an effect on the other um you know the volume one essence was a very 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 hard act to follow yes you know we and we found that in going as i said over and over again last week but you know what i am so glad i don't know what happened like i think a huge part of my attitude last week was the usual uh casting along shadow but something about talking about it meant when I came back to it again this week, I had fresh ears. Oh, so you're sucking up to Lucy now. No, no, I'm not. No, I, no, I still don't like, I still don't like whatever is wrong with you. But I was like, oh, actually, I actually like most of the songs way more than I thought I did. Well, funny enough, similar thing happened to me after kind of getting that off our chest. Except whatever is wrong with you. Well, yeah. No, I, I know it's, it might be different for you. No, I'm not saying anything, but after, yeah, after we sort of got it off our chest, and I think it's unfair to refer to it as the turd sh- shoulder. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's really got some really that. lovely bits on it, which I think, I don't know what was up with me last week, but because um, I I remember saying, oh, there's a lot of songs where I like, I don't, I don't like the first half, but I really love the second half. No, there's maybe one or two songs where I had that experience. I still Whereas don't overall, think... overall, yeah, um, it's I, got a lot of really, really gorgeous music on it. I still don't think as an album... This is weird, and it, it is... It feels to me like an album kind of of B-sides, uh, as in, you know, a collection of, of songs that... They all feel sort of very different from one another. mm but the overall effect is it doesn't feel like a, a, a sort of cohesive album to me. And I think that's for me what, what damages it. Do you mean in the way that volume one does, or do you mean put together Not with just, volume one? Uh, I'm separating it from, from volume one so for now. As but itself, 
for yeah, you. Yeah, as it itself, doesn't... it doesn't hang together. And I think that it, we've been Excuse sort of me. looking at it. You, did you burp? No, I had a hiccup. Oh, dear. Well, that's going to be interesting. Please continue. <laughs> Butter. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and, and individually, I think a lot of those songs are sort of stronger than the whole, if that makes a sense. They have a kind of effect on one another, of sort of weakening the overall impression of them. Uh, oh, okay. Whereas for me, a, a great Marillion album, for instance, an hour before it's dark, or Afraid of Sunlight, or Marbles, or well, something or even like that. Volume One. Okay, yeah, but that's different because it it is very much a sort of concept album, uh, right? Gotcha. I'm talking about other albums which are effectively a collection of songs. There are certain ones they've done: Seasons End, Afraid of Sunlight. Uh, you know, as I say, Fear. Um, you know, where the songs somehow, even though they're not interlinked, some somehow complement each other. Whereas I think what you have here is a so- an album of songs that almost sort of jar against one another. That's how it feels for me. And so it weakens the overall impact of it. Hmm. That's- I, can't say, I can't say that I see where you're coming from with that because I didn't experience that. Well, no, it wasn't like I experienced it consciously. It was when I started to think about why doesn't this album have a better reputation? Why don't I love this album? And I'm not talking about Happiness of the Road. I'm talking about The Hard Shoulder. Why don't I love The Hard Shoulder more? Why do I hardly ever go back and listen to it? You know, there are are times when I'll listen to a song from it, but I will never listen to the whole thing um, because I think mm. the songs are stronger Outside of the context mm. of that track listing, I know there was a different track listing for vinyl. I looked that up fine. On what? It. It's not that. Do interesting. tell. Oh, I know some people love. All you mean that. a different order of tracks, Slightly or different, different, different tracks? Slightly different order. Oh no! Please tell us. Oh, God, no, God. I need to know. Oh, oh God, you're one. You of can't people. bring things like that up and then not follow through. Like you did last week, Paul. That was a slow reaction. Right, okay, the vinyl edition. Uh, Man from Planet Marsipan. It starts with Man from Planet Marsipan. Sorry, The Man. Followed by Silent Satellite number one. Then followed by Thunderfly on the start of side two. Followed by Whatever is Wrong With You, Especially True, Older Than Me, Throw Me Out Half the World. Then Real Tears for Sale. Uh, And then a live version of Nothing Fills the Hole and Woke Up. Weirdly. Oh, oh, I'd love to listen to it in that order. I am really liking the idea of starting with the man from Planet Marzipan. Yeah, because, well, let's start. Thunderfly. Uh, we're beginning, are we? Well, it looks like it because we're talking about how the album starts. I, For me, um, coming from such a lovely album, if you ignore Half Full Jam, uh, coming from such a lovely album. No, don't look at me like no. that. It's a hidden track. It's yeah, not... so why do you have an issue with it? Just, you know, let it live. Let it live its life. You well, do well, you. Well, no, I'm saying if you come from what the album is, the concept part of the album, okay, without the, the slightly shit hidden track. It's um... not. It's a good hidden track. <laughs> without, if you ignore the, the slightly shit hidden track, 
uh, which is a jam, you know, so it's not doesn't have to be good, but you know, then maybe just don't put it on there, but whatever. Um, oh uh, Hang on, wait. This is I have to before we start, yes, before we yes. start, there's something that has stayed with me since our last podcast that I wanted to bring up. Because you were saying how you wondered whether it was even worth putting this album together or, or whether it should have just been scrapped. And then I thought, well, no, because then there'd be a bunch of songs out. Like, don't you want to hear all the songs that exist? You want to hear all the unreleased songs? Well, you want to hear all that's the demos? Like saying, you want to hear every single last bit of music they've ever recorded. These are completed or pieces of music. Piece of music they, they've jacked. Yeah, but... And there's some... There's such, you know, it would have been a huge loss for the fans to not have that album created because it, it would be several beautiful pieces of music that would have been lost. There are. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying about not, not releasing all of it, but it damaged the album. Sorry, it did. You know, well, and I'm not alone in this assertion. Let's ask Mark Kelly what he thinks. Oh, Mark says, Happiness is the Road is a great 45-minute album, not such a great 80-minute double album, in my opinion. and he was there when they made it (laughs) and i completely agree he's like ruthlessly truthful yes truthlessly ruthless ruthful truthlessly ruthlessly well truth is subjective though isn't it so ruthlessly (laughs) ruthlessly honest ruthlessly honest is what i was gonna say uh what? No, it's just funny that, you know, he, he just doesn't give a shit. I mean, it was, as he said, it, it was that was why he was pushing for a shorter album for like Happiness is the Road. Because he, I think, and I think this is why as well that this Happiness is the Road as an experiment mm. uh, is important in Meridian's history because, well, they've not done another double album, have they? They focused on albums. Oh, with, uh, good point. You know, you look at Fear and... Uh, uh, an hour before it starts, sorry. I always want to call it uh, uh, the other thing, the single. <laughs> Be hard on yourself. Oh, right. I always go to call it that. It's not. It's an hour before it starts. Um, yeah, because you look at an hour before it starts and fear, all right, they've got some very long songs on there that are suites of songs. Yeah. But the track listings are what, five, six songs? Mm. Um, you know, and I think they felt as a band collectively, whatever you know, they might have said publicly at the time, that it wasn't as strong for being a double. Right. But at the same time, it would have been sad to have those songs on volume two. All of them? Not a, b- barring one. Just one. One and a half. Um, I oh. think. I have to remember when we go through it. Um, it. It would have been really sad to have them disappear. From... Well, I dis- I disagree because I think, you know, we were going to be talking about Thunderfly. Sorry, I, we will get into yeah. Thunderfly. I, I disagree because I think just sort of putting everything out there instead of sort of being careful and curating it. No, no, I agree. I think Volume 1, had it been released by itself, would have been a stronger piece. A stronger statement. A yeah. stronger statement. That's what that's what I meant. Um, I agree with that. I just wouldn't have wanted volume two to not ever be released. Well, see, for me, the thing is, it's like there is bits that I really like on volume two. Um, you know, there's some songs that I really like on volume two. However, f- for me, 
and I keep saying for me, you know, it's it's just what opinions are. You own them. Um, I don't think there's anything on there that's on volume two that's up there with their absolute best. I don't think there's anything. And I think there are songs on there which just feel like kind of versions of things they've done before. Uh, I don't, I, I just don't feel it's it. There's anything that interesting that I I really feel it would be a massive loss. Now that's not to say that there aren't songs on there that are quite pretty or nice or catchy or whatever there are, and I'll identify them going through them. Mm. But it's possibly telling that on volume two there isn't a single song that I would go that's among my favourite Meridian songs. Yeah, they all feel like kind of second tier Marillion songs. Yeah, and I hesitate to even say B sides because Marillion have done some amazing B sides. Yeah, there's just there's just it's just an album that's kind of there. Yeah, it it doesn't. I don't hate it. I don't hate Volume Two as, at all. But I think it's, you know, there's some good lyrics as well. But it just doesn't feel like as an album that it's saying anything. It doesn't feel like they went into it. <sighs> yeah, they were recording some songs and they wrote some songs and then they just chucked them out. That's how it feels. That's totally what it feels like to me. It feels like an afterthought, which, you know, to some degree it possibly was because I know, you know, from, from when it happened, the reaction to somewhere else was one of disappointment after Marbles and they clearly on some level panicked and went shit. About the, the fans want double albums now. I know the, the the line is that they were they were recording it, and halfway through they hit this creative patch where the, you know mm. volume one effectively poured out of them. Okay, fair enough. But when that happened, they still didn't you know need to put out a double when especially when they had such a strong single album. Yeah, I get that, but also like so much time and and care and love had been put into all these other songs, it would have been a shame to not release them ever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I disagree. I, <sighs> I'm not saying don't release any of them, but I think, you know, in, clearly the problem with this album is one of curation and one of of putting everything on there rather than, you know, that they had in a sort of finished or semi-finished state and working it up into a state where it felt like it was kind of finished. But, you know, I know the band that there are songs on there that the band feel were unfinished, especially True is one that they have said. Oh, that really? They, they, you know, never finished it to the point where they were happy. Mm. Um, and so it's... It, I don't know, it, 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 but you just have to also look at what happened afterwards. They do, haven't done another double album. They haven't tried to do another double album. They, yeah, they, and I guess even though they said they had a lot of songs or music left over after an hour before it's dark, they chose not yeah. to make it into a double album. Yeah, they didn't spend, you know, longer kind of working that up because they're kind of going, this is the album, this is the statement. Yeah, yeah, right, this right. is where we are at at this time. Yeah. Whereas I think what happens when you, you know, with something like this, with volume two attached to it, it becomes what the band are about. It, it sort of dilutes it a bit. Mm. You know, I get it's very diverse I guess it's, volume it's, two. You know, the pain of editing any kind of art is you have to, well, as you say, kill some of your babies. You do. You've got to, yeah. you've got to chop out bits that you might actually really love you know to, in to order quote to make a stronger yeah. statement yeah I, I get what you mean although at the same time I still stand by my original opinion of I wouldn't have wanted them erased from history well you have to wonder though if their next album 
title was a sort of inside joke because it was called Less Is More. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to wonder whether that phrase was floating around at the time. Oh. Because that only came out the year after. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Because less is... Sorry, it's sometimes, sometimes less is more. It's like, as yes. they say, it, it, it's not the notes you play, it's the space between them. Exactly, yeah. Um, and here it's like just too much. It's too much. It's like, you know, you get to a point... when you. It's like when you have too many ingredients in a dish. You, cannot, you, can you can't it. taste each of them individually. Yeah. And I just don't think that the, the material, while some of it is fine on volume two, I don't think the material is strong enough to justify it, unlike with marbles. Mm. Yeah, I still think there could have been some editing on marbles personally, but I think marbles holds up much, much better as a double album than this does which doesn't hold up as a double album at all, in my opinion. All right. Well, shall we finally right. get Thunderfly. into Thunderfly? Well, let me, let me before we do, here's a, here's a quote from Rothers about what they were trying to do. Um, he says, it's about not repeating yourself. You try to write something fresh and interesting to bring to a record, and it has to be a sound you've probably heard before. I think it has to be a sound you've probably heard before, but it's more like an approach or sensibility, really. You don't want to sound too current. It's better to have a timeless quality instead of trying to sound like everybody else's records. Pete, bless him. Uh, Pete, if who uh, I don't know if any of you have watched um, the Marillion TV on YouTube. Oh, yeah, if you haven't, do. Oh, uh, I love that uh, they're doing this. Pete's asked what his greatest fear is. Well, H has asked it as well, and H is, uh, isn't it something happening to his kids? Yeah. Um, and Pete's asked, and Pete's greatest fear is burning to death. Being, <laughs> yeah, being burned alive. I mean, yeah. that is pretty scary. Of a, uh, that is a valid fear. I don't think anyone would want that. No. But it's not far off of like going, oh, what you're scared of? Oh, dragons. Really scared of being eaten by a dragon. What? (laughs) Except fires do happen. What do you reckon Rothers is going to be? Running out of butter. Paul! I need to butter my bread. Don't shake your head at me. I don't know why you're so worried about that impression. Because he doesn't sound like him. And as far as we know, he's not obsessed with butter. Okay. Right. Um, so Pete says, uh, this is what Pete said about volume two. You know what? I prefer the second album. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like the f- the songs. I love the first album. And I think conceptually it works really well. And spiritually it has a good vibe to it. But the second album musically is more interesting to me. Songs like Thunderfly, Planet Marzipan. I know my ba- it's my bass line, but I love the bass line on that. I was really pleased. <laughs> so I love how each of the band members is so often are just like, the best part of that song is, and then it's whatever their they instrument do. is, whatever their part is. I know it's my bass line, but I love the bass on that. I was really pleased when I came up with that. Oh, and I really hope I don't burn to death anytime soon. Paul. He did say that. That actually is no, an interview No, he didn't. <laughs> I hope he doesn't as well. Well, none of us want him to. I hope all of us hope he doesn't let's everyone tonight when you go to bed pray that pete doesn't catch on fire tonight so thunderfly (laughs) thunderfly yeah uh opening the album in a way that maybe when i think i first heard i went oh it's one of those oh no okay what do you mean by one of those oh it's like separated out or paper lies or Holidays in Eden is one of them, isn't it? So, so Rother's whole thing of we want it to sound completely different. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, I 
I thought it really reminded me of uh, Cannibal Surf Base. It's one of them. In the vibe. It's one of them. Yeah. It's a bit doorsy, so it's got that sort of 60s thing going on, like Cannibal yeah, Surf Base yeah. does. Uh, yeah. You know, with that sort of descending organ line that goes, you know, that all that. Yeah. Uh, the sort of chugging guitar and jazzy drums and what? Yeah. And <laughs> which H does. Huh. Yeah. Cool impression. <laughs> it's Elvis. Um, I don't think I've ever heard Thunderfly before. Before this process. Yeah. Wow. And actually, I mean, this this I have to say is true for quite a few songs on Volume Two, but Thunderfly, I was like, what? Bizarre. How have I never heard it before? Um, it's because I never play it. No, you don't. Yeah, and I've never heard it live either. I don't think. I don't think I've heard it live. No. Has it been played live at any of the gigs we've been to? I don't think so. Again, you know, it's not a lot on this album ever gets played live. But, um, I mean, as as a sound, I don't hate it. I think it's quite catchy. There's some really nice spacey keyboard bits sprinkled throughout, which I enjoyed. And there's an there's an overall there's a nice spaciousness to the whole sound. I mean, it's not one of my favourite songs. I think H's vocals are quite interesting, especially in the last verse where that no that where he sings she belongs in the great outdoors. Oh, that belongs in the great outdoors. Yeah. And I love the electric. In fact, this is something that I found in a lot of the songs on volume two. The electric guitar really shines mm. and it's one of my favourite parts of the whole of volume two. And especially in this in this song, um, in the part that comes just after H sings in the sunshine, there's a really, really gorgeous electric guitar bit. Yes, I think for me, even though I sort of said, oh, it's one of those, Paper Lies, Holidays Need and Separated Out, I actually like it more than all of those. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. For me, it's definitely more Cannibal Surf Babe. I, I like Cannibal me of Surf Babe. Babe. Yeah, which is why I was really surprised to hear that you didn't love Thunderfly. Well, I've got part of my problem with it, um, and it, it's the problem when Meridian often do rock out or attempt to, is... <sighs> Here, it's got that sort of fast, spacey, fast, spacey or fast, slow. And mm. for me, it, it, so it never really fully gets going. It feels like it always has the sort of momentum sucked out of it. Uh, it's it's a so strange sort of like song. accelerate breaks, accelerate yeah, breaks. Yeah, so you never, it never really feels like it gets going because Marillion do that thing where it's like, okay, we're Marillion, let's put in a you know, atmospheric bit in the middle of this song. Yeah, but I'm glad There's they a... did because I feel that that improved the song. Well, yeah, I like those bits, but then, so then it ends up as a song falling between two stalls. You know, I would have, right. you know, it's not one so you, thing you're or like, the other. you're like, pick a side. Well, a bit because it, it's a weird song. It's it's just comes over as odd then uh, for me. And I, I struggle to hang on to it as a song. I sort of, it, it it's like, I, I don't know what I'm grasping at. It's like like it keeps shifting under me now. That and that saying that it makes it sound like a more interesting song than it actually is. Which it's you know in a lot of ways it's quite straightforward. It's a rock song, but with some spacey bits. Mm. Um, so it's sort of and it so it comes across as another one of those which we talked about bit last week a patchwork song where it's like oh we've got this bit let's let's put that in there okay let's move that bit to there and put this bit here and it it. it 
I don't know. It's a bit like it, you know, releasing volume two. It's like it feels like it's sort of weakened rather than if they're just sort of stuck to the kind of the driving rock thing. Mm. Uh, maybe it would have been a better song. But, or, you know, kind of done a song with the space. Maybe, bits. I but I think the spaciness marillionizes the song. Well, it may, yeah, because those bits sound like that. It makes it more uniquely theirs rather than just like a copy of a. 60s. Well, no, what it does to me is it, it the song goes Doors bit, Marillion bit, Doors bit, Marillion bit, the Doors bit, Marillion bit. <laughs> That's what instead of being Marillion bit, Marillion bit, Marillion bit, Marillion bit. It's like, you know, it's just sort of saying, you know, things people haven't sounded like or heard before. They, they, we know what they're doing here. I mean, in interviews that I found around this, they, they even, you know, say, yeah, yeah, it's a bit like the Doors. Yeah, they all seem to say that. Mm. So, you know, whether that was intentional or not, it doesn't. I don't know, it, that's what it sounds like. It's mm. got that, but it's it, it's fine. It, I don't hate it. I actually no, don't I, hate I it. I don't either. Uh, it's fine. I don't either. And I can imagine it's quite fun live. Um, yes. Not that I've heard it live you've very never, often. You've never heard, <laughs> you've never heard it laugh. You've never heard it laugh. The working title for this was, was Cornfly, I believe. When they, oh, they're the same thing. Yeah, when they first announced the... Um, Working title of the track listing for the album is the working title. Thunderfly sounds more rocky, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit cooler. Well, do we want to talk um, lyrics? About the meaning? Well, I had to look up what is a thunderfly, Paul? Well. And in fact, it is a cornfly, a.k.a. in the UK, a thrip. Oh, I didn't know they were called thrips. Yeah, thrips. And apparently thrips, they're little insects that, Apparently, I've never seen the thrip before. <laughs> Apparently, I've never been in a live cornfield before, and I've never seen a swarm of thrips before. And apparently, they all seem to swarm before a storm. Oh, she's she, you really committed to that. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, that was a bit much. <laughs> that was a little bit much. Done now. Um, What's done is done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so apparently they they all. Don't worry. Oh, I said it again. <laughs> they all tend to swarm before a storm. Well, we when we went up to uh, my oldest daughter's place because she, she she lives up in Lincolnshire and their their garden is backs onto a big field. Do you not? Remember? Oh, they're surrounded yeah. by cornfields. We, yeah, and do you remember we were covered in them last yes. summer? Yes. When we went up there. Yeah. Black little things. Yeah. And according to lovethegarden.com. Oh, yeah. Um, even though, as this is where I'm trying to see how it might fit into the song. Even though thrips, cornflies, thunderflies look innocuous, they can actually cause a lot of damage. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um I don't know. I was just wondering, you know, is this song about a type of person who comes with the sunlight in the perfect summer's days, but they never stay, just like little cornflies. So they're there for the happy times, the fun times, the parties, but they're also like forebearers of storms, which I thought kind of ties in with when H sings, they are messing with his happy endings. They can be a little bit, you know, they're there to suck your blood. They're there to ruin the plants, but they look innocuous and they're just out having fun. And um, 
they can get a bit irritating at times. I think it's more about um, personally. I, by the way, can I just say that in contrast to the song or the music, I love the lyric. I think the lyric's genius. I think it's really a really great lyric. Yeah. Oh, it's very. Um, it's so visual and poetic. Uh, I think uh, I believe it's about a girl, a woman who right. gets under your skin, basically, and you can't stop thinking about her or, you know, doesn't necessarily make you happy in the long run, but is... Well, yeah, it seems like it's the kind of person that, yeah, it brings trouble in the long run. Yeah. She comes with the sunlight and the perfect summer days and never stays. The little cold flies are messing with my nerve endings. Because they can get under your skin and, like, irritate... Into my clothes and under my picture frames. Yeah. Just before it rains, just like you, my little thunderfly. It's it's a great lyric. Oh, it's fantastic. What a metaphor. Mm, so, uh, yeah, that's what I think it's about. Yeah, same. It's a simple lyric, but also quite a clever one. Yeah. It's one of his better ones. Yes. Definitely. And also deserved a better song to be attached to. But it's quite catchy, though, the music. Yeah, it's kind of catchy. But it's not what I want Marillion to do. There, I've said it. Oh, it's not up to you, Paul Rose. It is. I don't know if you've heard, but it actually is now. They put me in charge. (laughs) Lucy said, you know what? She came back after she said that thing where she told us I was was wrong about whatever was wrong with you. She she left another comment and said, you know what? I've been thinking about this. And actually, no, you are right. Whatever is wrong with you is shit. And the band all agree with me. And they think you should be in charge. You're going to choose all the songs yeah, from now Yeah, you tell them what they should write, uh, <laughs> how long it should be, whether it should be fast or slow, oh how goodness, eight should be singing no. it. All of that, she said to me. Wow. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, all right. I'm going to have to think about it for a bit. But, oh. yeah. Anyway, the man from the planet Marzipan. Yeah. I um, Have you ever eaten Marzipan? I love Marzipan. Oh, I love it so much. I used to hate it. Hmm, metaphor. I used what? to hate it, but um, why is that? A me- what's that a metaphor for? Well, you'll see. Oh. Um, but I really love it. It's so addic- addicting. Don't. <laughs> Sorry to our American <laughs> listeners. Uh, in this in this country, we say addictive, not addicting. And Paul loves reason, it I, when for some reason, someone addicting, says addicting. For something it slightly gets under my skin. Like, like a, a little, little cornfly. Corn uh, a bit like when people shorten radiator to rad. Which I've literally only ever heard one person do that. Yeah, me too. And, and, and actually two. One of them was you once. Yeah, I did it ironically. <laughs> yeah. And then went and clubbed myself <laughs> unconscious with a book. Oh. Um uh, yes, do you like marzipan? Yes, it can be a bit sweet, can't it? A bit too sweet. Uh, oh, yeah. I The only time I ever really remember eating it was I had a birthday cake once that my mum made me in the shape of Dougal from the Magic Roundabout, which is a cool. which is a French-British animation series that used to run in the 70s uh, when I was growing up. And Dougal was a dog and she made his fur out, out of marzipan. Oh, that's so clever. Does she have a photo anywhere? No. She, uh, he that's had, really he cool. Pontifact cakes for eyes. Mm, I don't know what that is. The little round licorice coins. Oh, the little swirl of licorice. No. Oh, just like a, a disc of a disc licorice. Of licorice, yeah. Right. Not really what this podcast for. <laughs> well, 
Marzipan. Yes. Kind of relates. Licorice, the man from the planet Licorice. Yes. Right. Right. Oh, me? My turn? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you had any quotes or anything you wanted um, to read first. Uh, none that I want to read out. Okay. So, like my experience with marzipan in real life, mm. I had a very uh, mixed reaction to the man from Planet Marzipan. Oh, yeah. Because the first bars, the first the first ding, notes. Ding, ding, ding. Do, 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 do. Well, that's not the first, do, is it? Do, do, it starts do, do, with that, well, whatever it is. Oh, well, the do-do-do-do-do-do yeah. bit. Um, blong, I, blong. I don't like that bit. Really? It used, like, to, be, it used really to be my ringtone. Oh, I really don't like it. I don't know why. Ringtone. I don't know why. It's just something about it. Um, so that, I always thought, I didn't really like the song, but... Yeah. And there's also another part of the song that I don't like, which is... Um, <laughs> It's the the sound of it. I mean, not the lyrics. Um, is it when? Is it when that bit when Mothers does does his that thing with the guitar? That no, does? it's the bit where um, the sound during the verse that begins with "Throw a tarpaulin over me." Ta- a what? <laughs> Throw what over me? <laughs> tarpaulin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting. Thirsty. Okay, don't start making excuses. You always do this. You're gonna have water. Like like last night when you were grumpy. I've got a headache. That's why I'm being uh, like this. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the bit where he sings "Throw a tarpaulin up my yeah. I don't I don't love the sound there. So there's look you like know there's those two parts. Lights. Yeah, it goes a bit. Sort yeah, of I don't like the rapping part. The I am the planet. The man. From planet marzipan, my eyes are screwed up tight, unaccustomed to the light. I wear this mad expression, I'm alien to aggression. Oh no, I didn't even re- I didn't even see that as a him trying to rap again. It is, isn't it? Oh no, that was I was I was saying cringe at me rapping, by the way, not not at the Oh, song. but that is what he's doing, isn't it? Like he did on Quartz. I thought oh. that was obvious. I never saw it as that, but that's what he thinks he's doing, isn't it? I don't know. I think it is. Well, given that he thought that bit on quartz was a rap that is what he's done he thinks he's rapping here oh no you've ruined the song for me i'm sorry oh. but see this is why i was really torn listening to the song because there was like the do 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 at the front there was the rap the yeah and the music the sound of the throw of tarpaulin over me but then then You've got all these other bits that are absolutely sublime. Like there's just so much going on musically um, that I I can't say I dislike the song. I actually really love the song. So there's the bit where H sings the air so thin, oh my skin. Um, yeah, yeah. And then there, the bit- there's a bit, that bit as well, when it sort of builds and there's this great guitar line underneath it. Doing that, oh, my skin. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's phenomenal. And then the bit where he sings, I'm so close to yeah. a breakdown, a constant crisis in the heart. Oh, And then it goes into doom. That, that sort of just boom. out of this world. Yeah, it's um, the closest for me to a great Marillion song on yeah, this album. It's, it, is, it is an epic. Oh, the ending as well. So hang on, wait, let me go in order. So uh, what else did I say? Yep, I love the beat of the song. I love the strings-like sounds in the background, the keyboard sounds, the trumpet sounds that are lifted oh, yeah. up 
in the bit after it would be quaint if it wasn't so damn scary part. They're absolutely magnificent. And it's just like that energy and atmosphere, especially at the end. It's 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 an epic. I absolutely love it. Like it, it's grown on me so much with each listen that the bits that I absolutely love have completely overshadowed the bits that I don't enjoy as much. It was always my favourite song on the album, on disc two. Um, and then I sort of went off it over the years and I don't know why. And I've gone back to it now. And, and yeah, I mean, I still l- love the ending. I, well, basically the sort of second half of the song, I just think is, is, is brilliant. Yeah. And I quite, it, when this I first, was one of the songs that I said that I like preferred the second half to the first yeah. half. I mean, I don't dislike the first half because I like, I actually think it's one of those occasions when Meridian does quirky Allard drilling holes or whatever that actually works here. Yeah. You know, where they're clearly going for a sort of Bowie-esque vibe, particularly with the lyrics and the, the, the what the music does. And this sort of, I don't know, slap bass, reggae kind of vibe that's going on. Uh, but that for me is, is it, it evokes the idea of this alien stumbling around yeah. and not understanding. Yeah. And I think, I think yeah. the music reflects... The lyrics, yes, they, the music it feels does. kind of weird and woozy and kind of a bit almost sort of drunk. Yeah, um, of, yeah, that's a good description. So it, it feels like it 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 is married really nicely with the words. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's their best sort of prog suite of music. I don't, you know, they've definitely done better. And yeah, I remember when I first heard it, my my initial reaction was like. Oh right, they're trying to do a sort of Invisible Man type song again, are they? But but I actually think it it's. it's I think it really works. It's a gorgeous song, which is like when you said you didn't, you weren't sure whether Volume Two should have been released. It's like no, we oh, like this, this yeah. song this is have such been. absolutely a, a a work of art. I love it so much. No, I totally agree. I would not want to have, you know, in my jettisoning of volume two. Yeah, I, keep I, Plan- I Man from Planet Mars Japan. It's one that I think could could come back into the set list quite nicely. And How? I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure I have heard it live. Maybe. I'm but not sure. I think I have, but I wasn't that Probably. familiar with it back then. Yeah. Um, um. So is it not one that they play very often? No, not really. I think that's a shame. But then they've got so many long songs now. It's like, this is the thing. They've got so many long songs and so many good long songs. Is this good enough to kind of push out one of the others? Uh, I'm talk- not talking from my point yes. of view. I'm talking from theirs. I yeah. agree. You know, I, I, you I know, would lo- like to I hear love it live. set lists that are unexpected. And this being thrown into the set would make me go, what? Yeah, like, it would yeah. be. That would I'd be really, really not, cool. Yeah, I'll, if we hear this in Port Zealand, it's like, what? Yeah, I'll I'll definitely have a have a reaction of yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean, look again. Everything I say about this album comes with a caveat that because the songs are so underplayed, I would happily hear any of them uh, live. Any of them, and that includes Thunderfly. Even whatever is wrong with you is sure it's not that you know because we don't hear them. Yeah, Uh, I I mean that um, you know because we're in you know the the autumn of Meridian's career and you know whenever we say anything critical of them or you know we express an opinion that is less than you know 100% positive 
it it always has to come with a caveat that I'm just glad they're still going. Yes. And, you know, at this point, live, they can play whatever the hell they want. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just feel fortunate to see them. But would I, I would actually, and this is, you're going to say, what? I would really prefer to hear any song off of volume two more than Neverland again. <laughs> I mean it. I mean it because they're rarities. Yeah. I, I mean I, I, I get what you mean. Okay. You know, I totally mean that. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm so bored of it. I'm so bored of Neverland. Life it just goes on and on. Okay, this isn't about Neverland. Sorry, Come on, let's get back to so ma- the man from Planet Mars. Live. Make it stop. Make it stop. Stop playing it. Stop playing it. It's a good song, but stop playing it. So, what do you think it's about? What do I think it's about? Hmm. Well, it seems to be about. It seems to be like a sci-fi song about... A sci-fi song? Sci-fi song. <laughs> Get used to that phrase, Paul. Uh, a sci-fi um, song. A sci-fi song about an extraterrestrial man from 2069 who is finding the nice. atmosphere and attitudes of Earth to be very harsh and painful. Um, I don't know if it's like a metaphor or not. I don't. Uh, yeah, there's I think of, I think it's probably a, a lot... metaphor. I don't think it's literally. <laughs> it's it's, he's not basically story. written his version of ET. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. about yeah, yeah. There's a lot in it about oversensitivity. The air's so thin. Oh my skin. Um, and it's it's not just a physical sensitivity because of his neck curtain lungs that make breathing hard, but also an emotional sensitivity to the thoughtlessness of other people's careless thongs, tongues. (laughs) I can't speak today. Other people's careless tongues because he is an alien to aggression. Yes. So it's saying a lot about how, feeling out of place in a world that is so cruel and in a way heartless and cold and rough. And the sensitivity is not only personal, but also global. And I guess he's describing looking at humanity through a long distance lens and being able to, you know, like zooming out. So you're not just looking at the trees, you're seeing the whole forest and when you can see the whole forest and the totality of it all, just seeing the madness of it all and how we all feel that we're so advanced and, you know, so clever and intelligent. And yet really when you zoom out, a lot of societies on this planet are acting like children or as H puts it, where like monkeys trying to be stars and it reminds the man from planet Marzipan of things he's seen in the kindergartens of the universe. So it's like really kind of like immature. He's seeing how immature and childish the human race can be a lot of the time, but he can see through that to the mechanics of what's really going on. I love it when he says I can see the join because he seems at the same time, like it's a, a revelation, like, Oh my God, I can see how the magic trick works, but there's also, like he's taken aback by it and being able to see the mechanics of it and why it's happening and the immaturity of it 
it's maddening and painful at the same time, but there also seems to be a, a sense of helplessness with it. Like there's nothing he can do about it. That's That was what I took away from it. But uh, yeah, it's like when he says, what the hell is going on here? Earth creatures, amazing, beautiful and mad, which are kind of, it, it, they're, um, it's a theme that we return to from, we've heard it before in, um, what was that song? Which album? Oh, I can't remember, but it was, I think it was a song, was it the song that was about magic and science? Right. Do you remember that one? Uh, this is the 21st century. Yeah, possibly. So it's like, it's a theme that I feel is repeated a few times in Merlion's Well, he history. refers to us as monkeys as well on Be Hard on Yourself. True. Monkey wants a new toy or whatever Yeah. And it, so it's like this kind of like looking at humanity from a, through a zoomed out lens and seeing yeah, earth creatures are amazing and beautiful and they're mad. They're trying to be stars. Monkeys carrying their gods around, but then they lie and murder in the name of heaven. Like, so this, and then he says it would be quaint if it wasn't so damn scary. It's like, oh, and he continues, I can't listen, I can't watch. I can see inside the machine. So it's like, even though I, I understand why this is happening i understand that it's just because the human race is immature and not quite advanced enough on an emotional level that they're hurting each other and hurting the planet and if you zoom out and kind of go like oh cute like they're just so they're not really as advanced as they think they are it's not cute when you see the damage they're doing to each other and to the planet mm. they we i mean that Yes, I think though you've got to look at this through the perspective that H is singing this. It, it's he feel it, it's invisible man territory. You know, he doesn't feel like an invisible man in this song. He feels like an alien. You know, he looks around and can't relate to the world. Yeah, you know, and I think he's singing about himself when he talks about having thin skin. Music only. Oh, does this is what. Yes, I know. So I, this is what I meant. Oh, I see. Uh, that why it was a metaphor. It was like the alien yeah. is him. Yeah, I think or how he feels. And I, I, as I'm getting older, I relate to that sort of lyric more and more. You know, I do. I just, it's like particularly in the last six months or so, it's like I barely go on social media anymore. You know, I'll do this occasional splurge because either I get it wrong, um, or the things that that are preoccupying people out there in the world just feel alien to me. Um, and you look around at the wider world, you know, what's on the news and the, yeah, you know, you want to draw this back, you know, this is not a new thing to sing about. I mean, you know, it's effectively the topic of Fugazi, you know, that the world is a messed up place. You know, there have mm. been many songs written about it. Yeah, uh, but this is coming to it from... A more personal perspective, though, isn't it? It's like, yeah, the world's a messed up place, and how painful that can be when you feel vulnerable, when you feel you don't quite fit in, and it feels so harsh against you because you're, you're. I mean, I, I can relate to it as well from when I was younger. I just remember feeling like the world was so harsh, mm. the atmosphere energetically was so harsh, so rough so abrasive that I didn't want to be part of it and feeling like an alien in that atmosphere. And it's gotten less and less over time because I, you know, I'm surrounded by 
a nicer atmosphere here, I suppose, but um, and try not to pay too much attention to the horribleness outside. Yeah. But, but I get that there is a lot of places on Earth that, especially if you're a sensitive person, can feel really, really harsh to be in. Yeah, and I that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know? but I think I don't just think it's there's lots of places. I think just the world in general. You know, if you have got thin skin, if you yes. are a vulnerable person, and frankly, no matter what you say, we all are to some degree. We've all yeah. got our vulnerabilities. True. Um, we've all got different things that will press our buttons. Um, you know, and it's it's like without wanting to bang on about it, you know, for obvious reasons, I felt a little bit more vulnerable, you know, in the first month of this year or whatever than I have done in, in years. And I've had things get to me, which is why I'm sort of really sort of taking a step back from Twitter and the like, you know, aside from Elon Musk being a massive twat, um, you know, because, you know, there are a few things on there that are really minor that... I either put someone's nose out of joint by accident by doing something that I thought was really innocuous, actually. This isn't like me going on there and having an opinion about something. You know, it was just a couple of things that were sort of really innocuous. And then someone came along and went, oh, you don't do that. Uh, and both times or whatever, it, it upset me because I wasn't intending any harm. Mm. Um, so I have in recent weeks recent months or the last six weeks or so since since christmas really when you know stuff kind of came to a head for me that i i felt wanting to retreat a bit because i didn't feel quite strong enough out there in the world mm. you know and that's meant you know i haven't wanted to kind of see friends you know and be in an environment with other people you yeah know, you just yeah you yeah interact on social media as much because I don't feel I can take the shit that comes with it or that rather that I don't want to risk the shit that comes with it. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've, and not only that, but it's like, I often, I just can't wrap my head around some of the things that some people will get upset about now. I can't. Mm. I And that, that's what I mean about being older. It's like, it feels, you know, I'm, I'm 52 this year. Not 52 yet. I'm 51 and a half. Um, <laughs> but I'm 52 this year. And as I get older, I increasingly feel like an alien. I increasingly feel, you know, more so than, than I did as a kid. Yeah, I didn't fit in at school either. But I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, it was more on a sort of, you know, felt level rather than a conscious level. Whereas now I kind of look at the world and just go, you know, I don't get the things that that, that upsets them. You know, I don't, it makes me sound really out of touch, doesn't it? Because there's a lot of stuff that also I do kind of, you know. Well, I'm that's kind of... of the whole point of the metaphor of an alien, because they are a bit out of touch. Yeah. Um, uh, but but what I'm, yeah, no, I don't want to paint myself as sort of, you know, an absolute, you know, it's not like I'm Mr. Anti-Woke or anything like that. I'm pretty, pretty woke myself, for want of a better word. Um, but I don't know. It's just, yeah, I'm pussyfinger around it because I don't want to name anyone, but um, it it was a, it was a bit of a tipping point the other week when um, we did an episode on this podcast about AI and you know whether AI can replace people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, and I'd had a, a 
something else happened on Twitter not so long ago. And then last week, you know, I, was, I shared some AI art on Twitter and someone came at me on there. Um, you know, a young artist who, you know, is in our sort of circle to say, well, to, to literally say, you know, if you're going to continue to use AI art, it's, it's the equivalent of, of hiring someone you know to be a homophobe and a racist and not caring. So equating me doing something that I was actually really enjoying with um, <laughs> with, <laughs> with employing a homophobic racist intentionally, you know, knowingly. And then I kind of came away from it feeling shit, you know, I, th that doesn't bother me because, you know, look, I, I was a teletext artist. I, I, you know, then Photoshop came along and, you know, I saw movies go from practical effects to CGI to this, that, and the other. Now I know there's all sorts of things with like AI and the like that, you know, maybe they're stealing art or whatever, because these AI algorithms are being trained on real people's art and that art is ending up in these AI images or whatever. It's like AI script writing. It affects me. You know, there are people out there, you know, who are using chat GPT or whatever to, to write scripts they are they are you know but i'm confident that it'll always need a human input you know at some point but at the same time you know if that happens what i'm going to do is adapt mm -hmm. you know i'm going to adapt and change you know if it comes from my job well you know, yeah i guess like uh, everyone had to when they stopped using horses and started you driving cars you had to learn how to drive a car adapt um, um you know and but you but, know whether you like it or not whether it's good or not yeah. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying, can we stop progress? We can't. Bottom line, we can't. Or is um, the best we can do adapt and try to minimise the damage that it does? My day job, my career as a writer has become sort of very, very challenged or rather threatened in the last few years by other changes in the cultural climate. You know, I have struggled to find work in the past three years because things have shifted because of progress. You know, so what have I done? I've adapted. I've kind of now selling my sort of work through Fiverr and, you know, it, it, it's going okay. But you have to adapt. Anyway, so that's my point is that that you, you, know, you get, to, get to an age where I can sort of look back with sort of, you know, 50 years of experience where you kind of go, okay, you see that things progress. You th see that things change. Yeah, it can be painful. You know, it, it's change is hard. Um, but if you don't adapt, you you get left behind, you know, because you can't stop that progress. But anyway, when this happened, this whole little, it wasn't much. It was, a you know, I did find that the original person who tweeted at me, their attitude was a little bit extreme. But I came away from it just thinking, I give up. I can't do anything. You know, can't I can't do anything do or anything. I can't do anything right. Can't do anything right, you know. And, you know, I was just, I was enjoying myself, making up, making these little bloody silly AI pictures and putting them on my Twitter. And someone came at me for that. And and now I haven't done it since because now I feel guilty. And, and then I kind of go, well, I don't want to feel out of touch with the people that feel threatened by this. Or, or whatever I don't want to separate myself from them but as the years go on I feel more and more separated from huge chunks of of the world and you know people and vast swathes of of my fellow humankind 
you know, I don't want that to be the case. I, I want us to be one. I want us to be a united species. But in especially in the last perhaps 10 years or so, you know, particularly the last six, seven, eight years, it, it, I sort of realised, no, we're not all the same. We're not. You know, we, we've, we've got very different values and no matter what you do, and I've tried, you know, get get through to people who who have those different values from you. They're so entrenched in them that it's just not worth the fight. So then I'm left kind of going, well, I'm separate. You know, mm. I am apart from other, some other people, you know. So my question is, and this is like, you know, what do you do then? Do you wear like a spacesuit that protects your thin skin and helps you live in the harsh atmosphere of on Earth? Or do you stay off planet? Because I felt, I felt like an alien so much when I was younger. Like I actually thought I was an extraterrestrial. I felt so alien on this planet. And weirdly for me, it's gone the opposite way. I feel more like I belong to on earth like earth is my home not like i belong on earth but i feel more like earth is a home for me as my life has gone on you know saying that the heart my skin's so thin it's painful i can feel that physically being younger like literally being in family gatherings where people were like critical and stuff it was energetically painful on my skin i was just thinking wouldn't it be cool to have a spacesuit to wear to be able to handle the atmosphere on earth i mean I dare I say that's why a lot of people smoke weed and drink alcohol because it does give them a kind of either a, a cloud of smoke around them or that fuzzy numbness that is like a spacesuit that helps navigate the harsh atmosphere. Well, here's the thing as well, though. I mean, sorry, you just reminded me, you're sort of talking about weed. <sighs> yeah, that's something I've always found very removed from. You know, unfortunately, it's never been my scene, and 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 I've always been quite sort of judgmental about well, where does it come from? You, you know, what's that chain leading back? You know, and I think people, in order to have the comfort or wear that spacesuit, can often turn a blind eye to things. You know, and for instance, the other week I saw a news article about um, I can't remember which country it was, somewhere in Africa, these mines where children are basically digging for this precious metal or ore, whatever it is that's used in computers and chips and things that are by the likes of apple and microsoft you know they are it's directly that's the line you know and that it, it you know the conditions the working conditions are inhumane you know they barely get paid and you know they're all just like literally sort of scrabbling around in this rock by hand no machinery by hand yeah thousands of them it was this you know this pit this rock pit that all these these young people and women and older people as well just were in you know to try and survive and so we in the west turn our our blind eye to that in order to have our spacesuits that make life more bearable you know whether it's our phones our phones our computers you know our internet you know we're all complicit and everything is a minefield if you dig deep enough it's like you know everything is and is any product that we use perfectly 100% ethical no no it isn't you know whether it's whether it's weed whether it's ai whether it's a, 
an iPhone or whatever. Yeah, we're all complicit. Or Android, you know, it wasn't just iPhones. Well, okay, sorry, I'm just. You know, I'm not singling out Apple. But, oh, no, I only know. said that because, like, there's lots of people that, like, really, really hate Apple because yeah, those reasons. But it's like, oh, but then dig a bit deeper. It's not just Apple. It's also... Yeah, look around you in your home. You know, it's everything. And we in the West are absolutely, you know, we, we at fault. But, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of, of, of the third world. But we do it. You know, we do it kind of... It's really stayed with me. And yet, you know, I had to, to the point where I kind of almost had to have a, make a decision where I kind of went, I'm still going to use my phone. You know, I'm going to have to pretend to, that, that I didn't see that, but I haven't pretended. You know, I've, I've tried, but it's stayed. There's got to be mind. other solutions as well. I mean, it, if you bring it into your awareness, then you can go, yeah. okay, I like the comfort of having a phone. What can I do to minimize the damage? That me having a phone is doing. Yes. Yeah, I, know. It's, I should look into Like, it, for yeah. example, maybe only get secondhand phones or mm. something like that. But then, you know, I- even then it's like anyway, you that, need someone to get a new phone for other people to get a secondhand phone. We, we've gone off. And I'm uh, sorry, I'm going off. But this is, it's things like that, that you just, you know, that, that do tie into the theme of this song, which are that, you know, the world is a harsh, harmful place. Um, and if you are vulnerable to that, it can hurt. And it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how why I went off all, all all that. Probably because it's just yeah, it is. I felt alienated by people in the world of late. Yeah, mm. this year particularly, but increasingly over over recent years, I felt alienated. And I, I as I'm getting older, I'm feeling more and more like I'm slipping away really from things that I felt I was at the center of. That I had a handhold on. Yes. Um, it almost seems like you're s- expressing that it's kind of out of your control. Yeah, it feels completely out of my it control. It feels like you're a boat on a really rough ocean. That's not, it's not that because it, a lot of it just comes from like, there's, you can't unlearn what you've learned. You can't unexperience what you've experienced. You can't take back, you know, 50 odd years of living. But you can change what you've learnt. But at the same time, I don't want to. Ah, that's different though. Yeah, I don't. Why would I want to get rid of what I see as as wisdom? Oh, well, that, you know, yeah, Um, that's different. I mean, changing what you've learnt because it's not helpful anymore. It's not useful to think that way anymore. So you adapt your learning and think about things a different way. Is, is a different attitude than saying, I appreciate what I've learned and I'm going to use that in a helpful way and a useful way for my future. Yeah, I, that's not strictly speaking what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is I feel alienated because I don't... I suppose as I get older, I feel like I'm growing beyond certain concerns and certain worries that others might have. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem? No. Anyway, let's look. Yeah. The, the, it's regardless, the point is, uh, I don't, you know, I'm happy being this alien, but it also means that, that with that increased sort of panoramic view that you get as you get older, it also shows you more of how shit the world is, I suppose, is. I guess that's exactly what the song is saying. Because yeah. 
the man from planet Marzipan has a panoramic yeah. view. He can see the planet in one go, but it also makes it more visible. Like, oh my God, that it, yeah. group over there and that group. I mean, what the hell are they doing? And what's interesting is that when H wrote this song, he was like the same age I am. Oh. Interesting, eh? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, can I just say, though, just sort of aside from what the lyrics are about, I think the lyrics are great. Oh, and absolute masterpiece. Things like my neck hurt and lungs. I love that line. I've yeah, always I know. loved that line. It's so like this idea of this sort of diaphanous creature. Yes. Sort of almost see-through. You yeah. have heard this live, by the way. Like, like lace. You know, yes. You, I know the alien. The alien on the screen. Yeah, I know yeah. the alien because it, it reminded me of he probably doesn't the alien in the symptom simpsons that says i come in peace oh, i yeah. come with love yes well it wasn't an alien it no. was the burns yeah yeah um, it's great lyric great lyric slightly bowie-esque but also it um it sells the message it's a great song there you go it overall it's a great song absolutely and once again, we thought we were going to get through the entire album and we've only done two songs and we're at the end of the episode. Oh, my God. Because I went off on a big round about what an old alien I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so we'll wrap up, I think, and continue next week. Hey, we're all booked for Port Zealand. We've not only paid for our tickets now, we've um, paid for our flights and our shuttle. Oh. Oh my goodness, what are you saying? Yes. So we're going to be there on the Friday. Let's hope it doesn't, um, the whole shuttle situation doesn't get ballsed up like it did for us the last two times. Remember those? I only remember the last time. You not remember the time before when I had to get on the shuttle bus and you'd wandered off to get a coffee and I couldn't find you? I thought that they, was last time. And I had, no. Last time was we were, uh, we, mi we missed it and we're told we had to wait or we were, it was full because our flight got in slightly late and we had to wait three hours because that's the joy of arriving on the Friday. There were fewer buses. But the time before was, yeah, I had a slight argument with the uh, the lady who <laughs> was in charge. Uh, or not say an argument, but she was, didn't want to hold the bus for you to return with your coffee. Oh, uh, this is the curse of going on a Friday. So uh, don't You could that, have though. gone on the Thursday. Without you? Yes. Well, then you would have had the whole night. I can handle it. Can you? Yeah. Well, yes, that's because you're the one who wanders off and gets the coffee and doesn't have to have the argument with the woman with the clipboard. I would have just gone, oh, well, I missed the bus. I'll get the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But sometimes the next one is like kind of, you know, three hours, five o'clock or three hours, yeah. which is what happened last time, three hours between them. And we ended up just sitting there, me in an absolutely foul mood because I wanted to go and see my mates and have fun. Look, I'm not stopping you from going a day it's earlier. It's too late. I bought my ticket now. I bought my, my, my plane ticket for I've the Friday. Even, I have said numerous times, even before you bought your ticket, please go ahead and go a day earlier. My, I, I don't need to do an extra night's drinking. I don't need to do an extra night's socialising as much as I love my friends. I just need to not have the stress before a gig. <laughs> the stress of that bus on the Friday. Have we got an early flight in? We get in at 11.05 in the morning. Oh, that's good. That's really early. Providing it's not late. Yeah. Let's hope the weather's nice. Let's hope the weather's nice. Remember the time we were coming back from the snow. Netherlands and we had to wait four hours because of the wind or something. Oh. Dutch wind. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's it for this week. Um, I'm off this afternoon to uh, have my ears waxed for the second time. And waxed. waxed. So it's like I'm having the hair ripped off them, which I need that doing as well at my age. Uh, no, having the wax sucked out of my ears for the second time in a week. And also having my COVID booster jab, which, yes, I know it's late. I know it's late, but I don't leave the house. So um, that's why I didn't get it. And I was busy, but I'm finally getting it. Um, so, uh, look forward to feeling like shit all weekend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Right. Subscribe to us. Tell people about us. Give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or something. And why not subscribe to our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo, where for just one British pound a month, you can get episodes early and bonus episodes and all that. It's a good deal, isn't it, Sanya? Very good deal. You also get a load of this other shit that we do on on, <laughs> on YouTube, but you can ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Right. Um, thanks for listening. Uh I hope this was interesting. I don't know if my rant made any sense. I don't sense. know if any of what I said made sense. I've realized I find these album episodes so challenging because yeah, my thoughts are so scattered Same. that trying to pull them into line to make them make sense. Like, not to make them make sense, but trying to pull them into line so that they can be expressed in a sequential order. No, you, you do well with it. I really don't feel like I do. Oh, well. Well, people like them. So. It's, I've realised how scattered my thoughts truly are. Mm. Which is a scary, scary thing. We sow our thoughts and scatter the good seed on the land. Right, everyone, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.